All right, guys, we're back with the second part of episode 50 of the Touch 'em Up podcast. I'm your host, Double M, and let's get right back into it. All right, so let's go with um, some big news in the world of MMA. If you guys listen to Ariel Helwani's MMA show on YouTube, he brought on Yo- Rose Namajunas for the first time since you know her defeat. I don't believe she's been on more than maybe once or twice. This might have been the first time she's been on since her loss in May. I be- I think she's been on a few more times though, but the interview today was uh was probably the best interview she's ever had. If you want even if you're not a fan of MMA, which you wouldn't be listening to this podcast unless you were or if you were one of my friends supporting me, I got you. But you know, there's a lot of things that she said in this interview that I think a lot of athletes think about but they don't want to say it like, you know, Oh, you know, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but just definitely, if you haven't seen it, just look up Rose Namajunas, Ariel Helwani interview. It it should pop up. It just went up today. It's about 24 minutes long. sounds like a long time, but it'll fly by and check it out. But she announced during that interview, which is the main reason I'm bringing it up is that she's going to be returning. She will be coming back, um, in the, in the new year, 2020, she said, look out for it to be during the new year. I would say probably February or March she'll return. There's an opponent in mind, she said, but they're not going to give you. She wasn't going to give you the opponent yet. And if I had to pick an opponent for her. So Jessica Andraj just lost the belt to Wei Li Zhang at the UFC fight night in China via a first round KO. Rose Namajunas didn't get her rematch yet. So she could possibly fight Wei Li. And then Joanna Janjacek just beat Michelle Waterson in her last fight, and she looked good doing it, like she had returned to form. If I was going to pick who I believe um, Rose Namajunas is going to fight next, I think they're going to have Rose fight Whaley for the championship. So I would say Rose Namajunas will be fighting Whaley Zhang for the strawweight championship of the world in her next title defense. And it's going to be on a pay-per-view. I would say maybe the February or March card, which would be what UFC 247. Yeah. So let's say UFC 247, um, Whaley Zhang versus Rose Namajunas for the UFC strawweight championship. And that would be an amazing fight for the strawweight division. It could possibly be, the best fight we've ever gotten in the strawweight division, just based strictly on the technical side of the striking and the grappling as well. I think Rose Namajunas definitely would have a grappling advantage over Whaley, but on the feet, I honestly have no idea. Because if you look at, just look on Whaley Zhang, Zhang Whaley's Instagram, I keep calling her Whaley Zhang, but it's Zhang Whaley. If you look at her Instagram, her videos of her hitting pads and hitting the bag and are, are terrifying. Her technique is so crisp and so clean and her power is unmatched. I believe at 115 pounds aside from the former champion who she destroyed Jessica Andraj. But I would say if I'm going to book fights, which I know we're into the booking mode for this episode, I would have Joanna and, um, Andraj rematch. So you do JJ versus Andraj two which could possibly be like a co-main event to this fight if it was on a uh, fight night. But I think if Rose was coming back, they'd want to put that on a pay-per-view. So I would say put the Joanna and Jacek and Jessica Andrade on the same card just in case somebody were to fall out. But that would be a rematch. And then you do Whaley Zhang versus um, Thug Rose Namajunas. And 
I have a breakdown up on Thug Rose Namajunas, a technical breakdown. I've got a lot of breakdowns, which I just mentioned in the previous episode. But if you haven't watched that yet, definitely go out of your way to watch that. I had Rose Namajunas actually reach out and say that she enjoyed it and that we covered a lot of good detail. And it was nice to see somebody who paid attention to detail. So getting her blessing on that episode was amazing. I can't thank her enough for you know, listening to the episode and just reaching out to me because it shows that my work's appreciated. And if I'm getting it from the woman herself and the former champion, then I must be doing something right. And it was amazing to hear from her. And I hope she comes back strong. I cannot wait to see her back. And uh, Thug Rose 2020, that's what I'm talking about. But yeah, that that's really the biggest thing I wanted to talk about on this second episode. Now let's get to the predictions for UFC Fight Night 164, which takes place at, I said it in the previous episode, it was November 16th, which is this upcoming Saturday, at the Genacio de Ibrapuerta. Wait, I said that wrong. So it's Genacio do Ibrapuerta. Yeah, Genacio do Ibrapuerta Arena in, uh, I believe it's in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I know it's in Brazil. I'm almost 100% positive. But yeah, we've got a good main event here. Um, Jacare Souza, the former middleweight contender, is going to be moving up to 205 pounds to face the middleweight assassin, the middleweight slasher, the middleweight murderer is what I like to call him, Jan Blahovich. Blahovich has fought Luke Rockhold, knocked him out, uh, knocked him unconscious. He first fight up at light heavyweight, got his jaw broken, and now they're giving him another middleweight, Ronaldo Jacare Souza. And, you know, I don't like this move for a guy like like Jacare. Not to say I don't think Jacare is a good fighter. I think he's one of the best in the world. I don't believe he's as good as he once was. And I think that the Jack Hermanson fight, the loss to Jack Hermanson, where he basically got, you know, picked apart on the feet for the entire five rounds and lost a 50-45 decision, I'm pretty sure, just goes to show that Jacare is probably on the downside of his career. This move could, you know, fare well for him and, you know, prove to be a good idea for him and have him be rejuvenated. But at the same time, I, I don't think this is a good move for him. Blahovich obviously coming off the knockout of Luke Rockhold, like I said, and then beating a guy like, um, who else did he beat? who was a former middleweight. I don't know. He, he's he got some good wins, though. He lost to Tiago Santos, but we saw how good Santos did against John Jones. So, you know, that can't be overshadowed too much. But Jan Blahovich holds a record of 24 wins, 8 losses. Ronaldo Jacare Souza has a record of 26 wins and 7 losses. Um, obviously Jacare is coming off that loss to Jack Hermanson, Blahovich, the first, the second round KO over win over Luke Rockhold at UFC 239. I'm going with Jan Blahovich here. I think if it goes to the ground, I definitely give the advantage to Jacare, but I think that, that, uh, Jan Blahovich is just too big and too strong to get taken down. And I think if Luke Rockhold wasn't able to get Jan Blahovich to the ground and take him down in the clinch position, that Jacare is not getting him down either. And not to say I don't think that Jacare is a better grappler than Rockhold, but I believe that Rockhold is the stronger fighter and the slicker fighter out of the two, even though he's been knocked out in a lot, almost all of his losses. I do believe 
that Jacare would lose to Luke Rockhold if they were to fight. You could, you know, laugh, say whatever you want, but I just think that's how it would go. We don't know, though. I don't know if Luke Rockhold's even coming back. I know Dana White had said that it was a possibility he may retire, which, you know, for him, it might be a good idea. If you break your jaw once, it's just easier to break it again. And he got his jaw broken by Jan Blahovich, and I think it's just maybe a good time to hang it up. I'd be sad because I love watching Luke Rockhold fight. Even though he's a cocky bastard, I, I still like to see him fight, and I think he could do well if he just got you know his head right in his camp and everything. But either way, yeah, I'm going to go with Jan Blahovich to get the win here. I'm going to say a second-round TKO. Like I said, Jacare is the better grappler, but I think the fact that Jan Blahovich was able to hold off Luke Rockhold in the grappling and transitions and the clinch transitions. I think he'll be able to do the same to Jacare, and I think he'll uh, he'll land a few good shots on the feet. I think Jacare will come back and land some good shots of his own. But I just think um, I just think Jacare is going to get caught. I could see maybe a head kick to a uh, right hand or a head kick to a left hand dropping. Jacare and then getting finished on the ground. But yeah, I'm going to go Jan Blahovich to defeat another middleweight and continue his run in my book as the middleweight assassin. And uh, I'm going to call him a middleweight slasher, actually. I like that a little bit better. The middleweight slasher, Jan Blahovich. I think he gets the win here. And I believe if he gets the win, I could see him fighting Anthony Lionheart Smith in, a, in another in his next fight. I know Smith's looking to come back in the light heavyweight division and get another fight under his belt. And I think Jan Blahovich would be a good v- way to get him back. And if it's not Jan Blahovich versus Anthony Lionheart Smith, I could see Jan waiting for the winner of Dominic Reyes, John Jones, and then Anthony Smith maybe. I heard some rumblings of a rematch with Gustafson. I don't think that's going to happen. I would say wait first Tiago Santos to heal up and then do Santos um, Smith number two, since they fought in the middleweight division when Santos was and Smith were both down at 185 pounds. I think you could book that in a light heavyweight title eliminator. The winner of Santos Smith two could uh, fight John Jones next for the title or fight Jan Blahovich if Blahovich doesn't wait for the winner of Reyes and Jones. Yeah, but like I said, I'm going Blahovich second round TKO over Jacare Souza. Co-main event, we've got Mauricio Shogun Hua facing Paul Craig at the light in the light heavyweight division. I believe this was supposed to be another fight, bef- and then uh, Mauricio, and then I think Paul Craig stepped up and took whoever Mauricio Shogun Hua's opponent was supposed to be. It could be the other way around. I know it wasn't supposed to be this fight, but it was switched to this fight. Mauricio Hua has a record of twenty six wins and eleven losses. Paul Craig twelve wins, four losses. I'm going to go with Paul Craig here. I know people are probably not going to agree with me and say Shogun's, you know, the better fighter here, but Shogun's definitely on the downside of his career. I don't see him getting anywhere close to top contention or anything like that in the division. He's been knocked out a bunch of times. Almost all of his losses lately have come via way of knockout. He's kind of like the Andre Arlovsky of the light heavyweight division. You know, you win one, you lose one, you get knocked out, you get knocked out. You know, your chin's not really there anymore. And I think Paul Craig's just going to outwork him here. He could possibly get a TKO, but I'm going to go Paul Craig to get the win here by decision. I think he's just grittier. I think he'll find a way to win. I think he has, I'm not going to say he has more heart than Mauricio Shogun Hua because obviously Shogun's a former light heavyweight champion. You know, you can't discount him in 26 and 11. It's not the best record, but it's definitely a good record. And you can't sleep on a guy like Mauricio Shogun Hua. But I just think, like I said, he's on the downside of his career. And I think he's going to move 
Um, maybe he retires if with a loss here. I think it would probably be the best for him to retire. But I'm going to go Paul Craig to get a win by... I would never usually pick a TKO or submit over, over for a guy like Paul Craig, but I'm going to go with a third-round stoppage TKO for Paul Craig over Mauricio Shogunhua. Now we're going to move to the prelims. I looked at the rest of the main card, and you know it's not that good, but if they were to put some of these prelims on the main card, you could have had a very, very stacked main card. I'm actually surprised that some of these fights didn't get moved up to the um, main card. We're going to start out with Sergio Marias versus James Krause. I believe that's at 170 pounds in the welterweight division. And Sergio Marias, obviously 14 wins, five losses, one no contest. James Krause, 26 and seven. You know, I like James Krause. I like his work that he did on the ultimate fighter. He's a good striker. He's got good footwork, good movement. You know, not the best. He's probably, he's a better grappler, I would say than a striker. I haven't seen him fight in a while, but he always caught my eye. He caught my eye on the um, on the season of the Ultimate Fighter where he came back, where you know they brought back the former team members from different years. And I think uh, and Sergio Marias is a good fighter, a really good kickboxer. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. I'm I, you know what I might be thinking of Shaman Marias. I know Shaman Marias is a good striker, but Sergio Marias is good. And to be honest, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm going to go with James Krause to get a win here via decision. I think Sergio Marias is probably the better fighter out of the two, but I think James Krause has more experience, and I think he'll be able to dictate the pace a little bit more and just outwork him over 15 minutes and get a decision. I could see him getting a finish, but I'm not 100% confident on it, so I'm going to go James Krause to win via, I'm going to go unanimous decision over Sergio Marias. Next in the lightweight division, which this is a very good fight, we've got Francisco Trinaldo versus Bobby King Green. Bobby King Green in his last fight, I believe his last fight was when he had that draw to uh, when him and Lando Venata fought to that draw in a crazy fight. I believe it was a prelim for one of the pay-per-views, maybe UFC 226. That's the one that jumps in my head. But they had a very good fight for three rounds, probably the fight of the night, one of the fights of the night for that card and it was a back and forth war and it was a draw Francisco Trinaldo, you know, he's been on a little bit of a rough patch lately, but he has some very impressive wins. He has wins over guys like Paul Felder, Ross Pearson. Let me see. Cause I looked at this before and I was actually quite surprised at how many wins uh, he had over really good contenders. Let me see. I'm going to pull this up really quick. Forgive me. Gonna go Francisco Trinaldo. So yeah, so he lost his last fight to uh Alexander Hernandez. And then he has wins over guys like Evan Dunham. Evan, who else? Evan Dunham, Jim Miller, Paul Felder. He has a KO over Paul Felder. He's got a win over Yancey Madero, so win over Ross Pearson. So he's got some good wins to him, you know, not. Super good wins, but that win over Paul Felder looks pretty good right now considering he just won a decision over Edson Barbosa at UFC 242. And he could be looking at a top contender pretty soon as well. And uh, Bobby King Green, like I said, you know, had that draw to Lando Venata, but I believe, I want to say that's his last fight. We're going to check that too just so we don't get anything wrong here. Okay, no, so he lost 
via decision to Drakkar Close, and then oh, lost to this or uh, beat uh, Eric Koch by decision, and then in 2017 there was a draw with him and Lando Venata. But yeah, in this fight, I think it's really going to come down to who's the better striker here. I think Bobby King Green is the better boxer. I think he has better movement, a little bit slicker on the feet than uh, Francisco Trinaldo. But the overall game of Francisco Trinaldo, I think, is better. I would say who's the better fighter? Francisco Trinaldo. Who's the better striker or boxer? It's definitely going to go to Bobby King Green. He's a little bit more elusive on the feet and likes to slip and use that Philly shell where he covers the chin with the shoulder and then high guards on the other side to block your shots. And uh, that's his main form of defense. He doesn't really use a traditional high guard. And I think Francisco Trinaldo is going to be able to um, outwork him over 15 minutes. I think that Bobby King Green's going to land some good shots. I'd probably be rooting for Bobby King Green here because I just think he's a really good fighter, and I don't think he gets that much credit just because of some of the losses he's had. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Francisco Trinaldo here. I think he's going to – I think it'll be a close first round, and then I think he's just going to outwork him, outland him, and probably get a finish. I'm going to say that Francisco Trinaldo gets a third round – I'm going to go with a third round submission over Bobby King Green. Um, up next in the welterweight division, we have Warley Alves versus Randy Brown. This is a very, very good fight for the welterweight division of uh, some prospects in the division. You know, Warley Alves has been around for a while, same as Randy Brown. Um, Randy Brown has a win over Mickey Gall, obviously the Dana White looking for a fight guy who beat CM Punk. He also has a win over Sage Northcutt and uh, a couple other good wins. Lost to Diego Sanchez recently, but he's no he's no joke. He's young. Um, Mickey Gall will be back. He's fighting Carlos Condit in his next fight, so that should be interesting. I, I lean towards Condit being able to pick him apart, though. But you never know. Condit has looked pretty rough in his last few fights. But, yeah, Randy Brown lost to Nico Price, but has a win over Mickey Gall. And Warley Elvis has a victory over the current interim welterweight champion, um, Colby Chaos Covington and Colby Chaos Covington's only defeat. It was via a first round submission. I believe, um, I'm going to lean towards Warley Elvis to get the job done here. I think Randy Brown's a really good fighter. I think he's a prospect just like Mickey Gall and guys like that. But I just think that Warley Elvis is, um, the more experienced guy here. I think he has better grappling and better striking. I think he's better everywhere in this fight. I think Randy Brown's really good, and I think he can definitely have some bright moments in here. But I think Worley Elvis is just going to outpace him, outstrike him, outmove him um, for the main for the main uh, <laughs> for almost the entirety of the fight. And I'm going to go Worley Elvis to get the win here. I'm going to go a second round TKO. I think he's just going to be too much for a guy like Randy Brown. I think for the division, it would be good for Randy Brown to get the win here, but I just don't see it happening. And then one more fight in the featherweight division on the prelims. We have Douglas Silva de Andrade versus Henan Barrao. And, you know, I was looking at up the stats and the recent fights of Henan Barrao. And in his last, his last, the where he lost the title to TJ Dillashaw at UFC 173, which was on May 24th, 2014. Since that time, he has gone two and six in his last eight fights. Unless I added the math up wrong. That's not good. I mean, he he has a win over Minch Gagnon and uh, Felipe Nover. But any other fight after that, he has losses to guys like Luke Sanders, Aljamain Sterling, 
um, Brian Kelleher, and a couple other guys. Um, TJ Dillashaw twice lost to him, lost to Jeremy Stevens. You know, he's, he's fought some tough guys, but he's just not the fighter he once was. And that two and six in his last eight fights really proves it to me. And, uh, Douglas Silva, Dion has a record of 25 and three Hennenbrow 34, eight, one, no contest. It looks like a good record, but you have to go off, off his recent fights. I don't think Hennenbrow is anywhere near where he used to be. And I don't, really believe he was at the top of the bantamweight division back when he was the champion. I know he was thought of to be, but as the time has gone on and the people have evolved and their striking has evolved and the footwork and movement has evolved, he really just hasn't been up to pace here. And I say Douglas Silva Diandraj. I know he's a very good striker and I think he's going to be able to knock out Henan Barrao here. I know he has some pretty good knockouts. I think he might have a spinning back kick knockout where he got a TKO win, it would be a, like a spinning hook kick or a spinning back kick. Forgive me if I'm wrong, that could be a different guy. But I just think Douglas Silva Diandraj is the better fighter here. And I think he's going to be able to knock out Henan Barrao in the... I'm going to go a first round knockout. I just don't have any faith in Henan Barrao anymore. I think his best days are behind him. That's pretty clear. And uh, I think for Henan Barrao, it would be good if he got the win here. It would show that you know he's not done yet. But I just don't see it happening. And I'm going to go with Douglas Silva Diandraj to get the win Via, I'm going to go a second round TKO. I could see it happening in the first round, but I'm not 100% confident on it happening in that first round. So I'm going to go second round TKO for Douglas Silva D'Andrage over Hennon Burrell. And that's going to be it for this second part of the podcast, guys. A little shorter on the episode today, but there wasn't too much to talk about. But I loved, you know, booking those fights for the 145 pound division on the previous episode, talking about my girl, Thug Rose Nami Yunus announcing that she's going to be making a return pretty soon. Super stoked to hear, to see that. And yeah, I've got a couple episodes up on YouTube. If you guys would like to go over and look it up, it's touch them up T O U C H E M U P on YouTube. It's audio podcasts with some, um, pictures in the background just to have a background for the video. And I've got the Kelvin Cater breakdown, which is a three-part technical analysis. I've got a two-part Jorge Gamebred Masvidal breakdown and uh, some other prediction videos. So definitely go out of your way. If you haven't listened to those yet, listen to them on either Anchor, Podcasting, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Out, Overcast, and many more. Or listen to the videos on YouTube by searching Touch Em Up, T-O-U-C-H-E-M-U-P, exclamation mark. And yeah, that's going to be it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed second part of episode 50. Again, thank you for all the listeners and all the people who have supported me along the way. If you'd like to support the podcast, you could um, become a monthly subscriber and uh, donate if you'd like to, but your listening is more than enough. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. I'm your host, Double M. This has been Touch Em Up, episode 50, part two, and I'm out. Have a good night, everyone.